Hi, and welcome to Dietless Living 360 Degrees, Overcoming Weight Loss Obstacles with me, your host, Katie Gordon. As a weight loss coach, I help my clients overcome their weight loss obstacles so they can lose weight their way and lose it for life. But the old saying that it takes a village to raise a child also applies to achieving our weight loss and health goals because some of the obstacles we have to losing weight reach out into other areas of our life, our relationships, our work, our businesses, our jobs, our finances. Sometimes we have other health problems that are more complex. We have injuries. And sometimes we just need to know how to get over the the grief and loss and trauma of our lives. So with that in mind, Dietless Living is bringing in other professionals to help you overcome the obstacles that you have in whatever area of life. And today we have Debbie Barker. Debbie is a Reiki master, but how she came to be a Reiki master is an interesting story because Debbie was sitting in a class called Bodyworks in 2004 and it just blew her away. The instructor was showing them how to align the spine by using the energy in the body and she wanted to learn more about energy and she became a Reiki practitioner in 2004 and eventually worked her way up to Reiki master. She's also learned additional healing modalities, including pranic healing, jinsen jitsu, parmigetics, and vaspesh, <laughs> emotion code, just to name a few. During each session, though, she listens to her guides and uses the energy modalities that each client's body needs at that moment in time. Debbie has two awesome adult children, Kristen and Timothy, and enjoys time with her family, rollerblading and touring with her incredible husband, David, on their motorcycle. So welcome to the show, Debbie. It's so great to have you with us today. Could you tell us a little bit about what you do and what the main way is that you help your clients? Yes. Um, My name is Debbie Barker. I'm an international Reiki master. I'm from DebbieBarker.com. And I offer remote relaxing Reiki sessions. They cost $75. And people usually come to me because they have trouble sleeping at night or they just, they need to relax their mind and their body. And I just find that once the mind and the body relaxes, you can look at your life differently. And the things that would normally set you off and make you upset and make you wanna go and and have that whole, whole cake instead of one piece is, you know, we just have to calm down and we have to talk nicely to ourselves and take better care of ourselves. That is so true and such a big part of what I do teach as well, Debbie, because that is true. The relaxation in our body, it's about releasing that tension from our body so that we can cope with the moments of life in a logical, rational way, which means we can able to go, oh, that's happening. I feel like I'm going to eat cake. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, but it gives you a moment because your body's relaxed. So what you do is such sensational work because it helps people to achieve that and overcome those obstacles. 
So tell me a little bit about what I like to get to know is some of the hardships that people overcome in their life because we all have to overcome obstacles. We all have hardships. It's how we humans roll. And I think it's really helpful and interesting to know the hardships that people have overcome and what kind of strategies you used or or maybe how you dealt with it that was enabled you to build your resilience and move beyond it and then share um, or grow from that experience. Can you think of a, a time? Well, my latest hardship was about 10 years ago. We got a phone call from my daughter's roommate. Now, my daughter was two time zones away. Okay, she was living in the middle of the, of the country and I'm on the East Coast. And the roommate said that my daughter got hit by a car as she was crossing the street. Wow. She was in intensive care and they had to stop the first surgery. They almost lost her. And anyway, long story short, of course, I fly out and I am her nurse, her physical therapist, for the next three months because she can't walk. Yeah. And I mean, we celebrated when she could close her mouth because, you know, the teeth were sticking out and all the machines and everything she was hooked up to and all surgeries that she had. It was, it was an extremely stressful time for me. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that would be unimaginable. It, it, it was, it, I just like walked around in a daze trying to put clothes in a suitcase to get myself out there. And then my husband and my, my son came a couple of days later. Um, but, you know, I, I turned to energy. So I did energy sessions on her. Um, there were parts of her hand that I could touch. Yes. So I used the Vosh Pesh and, you know, work, worked on her hands and it helped to relax her body. Um, and of course, right away, I was telling her how quickly she's going to heal that she is in good shape and you're going to heal really fast. And whenever anybody like texted me or called me and said, what can I do? I said, you can picture my daughter being healthy and walking and moving and eating and you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And because that needed to be called to her. And I did a lot of breathing for myself to stay calm. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you just have to turn inward and keep yourself as, as calm as you can. And, you know, read some calming books. I read the Eckhart Tolle book. Yes. When I was there. So it was just like, I had to keep my mind in a good place. And that's the valuable thing is thinking about it as you want it to be. So law of attraction aside, because I know there's a lot of people out there go, oh, that's law of attraction of, you know, thinking about how you want it to be. And yes and no, it it is, but it's really vital when your words and what you're saying to the person, to your daughter, are all focused because our brain thinks in pictures. So the words that we say to each other and to people who are, and to ourselves when we're unwell, need to be building that picture in our mind of completeness, of wellness, of movement, of fast healing, of all of that, of yeah. those, that, that what you actually want, not pinpointing what you don't want. So, so crucial. Do you know Dr. Joe Dispenza? Have you heard of him? 
Oh, yes. Yes. So his work's all about that as well and what he teaches in, in, in aligning the body. You know, he overcame his own broken back doing the same thing, just picturing his spine yeah. all healed. So that's amazing. And did you learn that through the energy work that you did or was that just something through the life experiences that you'd had or how did you come to have that knowledge to know to do that and to ask others to do that? Just from all the energy work that I've done, all the, the studying yep. that I've done on, you know, how to help the body and how to, to stay stress-free stress, stress free as much as you can. Yeah. Because we can, we can also stress our bodies out by what we eat. It's just not by our thoughts. Absolutely. So, whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. So you have to, you just have to look at the whole picture and, you know, just eat as healthily as you can and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. It's exactly right. I was talking to somebody yesterday uh, about that very thing about the food because they said, well, you know, when I eat is when I get stressed, I comfort eat. And I said, okay, so let's talk about what stress is because stress is not necessarily the overwhelming deadlines or external circumstances we everything we do is building tension and stress in our body whether it's through the food that we eat the beverages we drink the lack of sleep that we're getting um, through just the way we're talking about our day to ourselves whether we're using words like we just talked about that are focused on what you don't want or whether you're talking about things in a way that is leading you to feeling relaxed and I said and you know you've got tight fitting bras we wear tight fitting shoes sometimes you know if you're in a corporate role there's so many things we're sitting at desks all day we're not stretching there's so many things that are just compounding and building that stress in our body and that is everything that leads to how we feel about the rest of the world coming at us and so what right. we often think is a stressful time isn't really a stressful time it's just like that basic the straw that breaks the camel's back so I love what you do because you're so aware of all of that which means that you're passing that on to all your clients every time you're interacting with them you're sharing your wisdom and your words oh I'm always sharing my words and a lot of times too my guides will tell me what to tell them like what will resonate best with them. Yeah. So like, I'm not a person who likes to journal. So if somebody told me, oh, just journal through your feelings and it'll work. <laughs> Sorry. I, that's not happening for me. Okay. <laughs> but I can pretend belly laugh. I can do something quick. Yeah. I, you know, that kind of stuff resonates with me. So whoever I'm working with, whatever they're working through, my guides will tell me, tell them to journal or tell them to meditate or tell, you know, yeah. four, seven, eight breathing, the three by three. I mean, the list is endless. Yeah. And it's because something once, that will work for them because it's something that is in their, their scope of what they would do. Right. And, you know, when you, you walk in the kitchen and you start reaching for those cookies, you can just do five, four, three, two, one, turn around and walk out. Yeah. I mean, and it could be just that easy, but that's the kind of stuff that you have to learn as you go through. Exactly right. And, and it's actually finding that pause, that moment in between the moment, because our, sometimes the cravings are like a juggernaut. They're just pushing through and you know what to do. 
to do your breathing exercise or even things that I teach. And then it's going, okay, I know I have these tools here, but this is just pushing me forward. And in this moment, because the wanting is so bad, like so intense, right. that the brain just goes, we'll do that after, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and before you know it, you're eating. So it's being able to create that space to be right. able to have that little conversation with yourself. And sometimes for me, I remember sometimes even my hand is on the door or my hand is on the food and I'm still having that conversation and it's being yes. <laughs> just go, woo up Nelly, you know, we've got to take a moment. Let's try some other things first and see what happens. So it obviously worked out really well for your daughter. In the end, she made a recovery over time. Yep, she did. It took about a full year, but she got there. Wonderful. And is she had no lasting effects? She's been able to return to her <laughs> former glory? She she has returned to her, her, her full glory. She has kept going in her life, has never stopped. Excellent. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of achiness and stiffness and all that, but yep. she never complains. And she knows that she has to keep up with her yoga. Yeah. And, and working out, you know, she bikes, she runs, uh, she has to keep moving for her body, you know? Yeah. And we should do that anyway. Right. I mean, right. do the things that we need to be doing to keep the vessel happy and fluid and moving along. So is there some advice? Um, I like to ask people when they've gone through a hardship, if somebody, if you knew somebody who, was having a similar challenge or hardship, it's, if you could give them three bits of advice, what would be your three bits of advice that you would give to them? My first would be breathe. There, there'll be shallow breathing. They won't, yep. they won't even know they're doing it. So, and, and once you breathe, it, it helps to relax you and, and calm you down. Yes. So you'll be able to hear what the doctors are even saying to you. Yes. And the second thing is just to try to make sure you're drinking enough water. You know, you can try to eat healthy. But a lot of times, I, I mean, I didn't always take the time to eat because there wasn't enough time in the day. And you're not in an environment where there's food on tap. I imagine you're in the hospital. So that you've got just hospital cafeteria food or whatever local shops are there. And like you say, you don't even have the time. So yeah, what, it's just, what it is really important. It is. So that's, that's something that you can do for yourself. Stay hydrated. And then the third thing is just to give yourself love. Just stop and sit for a minute, close your eyes and say, thank you, God, for filling my body with love. Thank you for filling my child with love. Thank you. You know, just you want to bring that high vibration into yourself and you want to feel it. And sometimes I would like drop down into my heart. Now, here's the thing. I have a hammock in my heart and I have a weighted blanket. <laughs> no. So I just kind of went to my little happy place, you know, and I get that nice weighted blanket on me. And it's just like, oh, I mean, my shoulders would just go down. It would just relax. Yeah. So you have to find find a little happy place like that, even if it's just, you know, you, you did one time during the day. That's okay. Just take a minute for yourself. It's so true, right? Because when we're in that stressful situation where 
I know for me, the brain, my brain, it's like um, a pinball in a pinball machine. Ping, 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 ping. Right. Oh, yes. Pinged around trying to do stuff, anything, but oftentimes there's nothing to be done. It's a moment in time where there's waiting. Waiting is what you have to do, but the brain is still going at 45 million miles <laughs> an hour going, I need to do something, I need to do something. So your tips are so relevant because that's the, the times to go, okay, there is nothing to do. Breathe, have some water and go down into my happy place and replenish. Yep. And it, it helps. It really does. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like that's such a tough time for you. And I really appreciate that you shared that with us. So tell me, Debbie, what's the biggest risk that you've ever taken in life and why? The one I'm taking right now. I only offer my Reiki sessions. I only do my energy work. And it, I know it sounds strange that I'm not even with you. I mean, I'm in another country and, you know, I, I'm in the United States, but I do people in Australia. I do people in South Africa. I've got clients in the UK. I mean, it's, you know, and I still have people in the United States, but you don't have to be with me to feel the effects of having a session. And, and it sounds really strange. I know it does, but I also know that it works. So it's, it's a big thing to put yourself out there doing such a strange sounding job, if you want to call it a job. I call it my energy fun stuff. <laughs> Helping the world. <laughs> One person at a time. One person at a time. Well, it's a great risk that you're taking because it's a risk that's going to benefit so many other people and they're the risks that are really worth taking. They are to me. Yeah. So what's the hardest thing that you've ever voluntarily had to put, uh, not had to, but put yourself through and why? I mean, we've all done life comes at us in different ways and we don't always get to um, choose the hardships that we go through. But occasionally in life we do choose to do something and it's something that we voluntarily do, but it's such a great challenge or obstacle it's like it's such a great hardship for us either mentally emotionally physically or financially or in some other way that we put ourselves through can you think of a time that you've done that well okay this is really funny but I'll tell you what it is when I turned 41 I learned how to rollerblade and I was part of team leukemia and I raised fifteen hundred dollars and I did a rollerblade race from Athens to Atlanta. Oh, wow. And my goal was to finish it in four hours or less. And I did. I went 38 miles <laughs> in just under four hours. And it was a lot of practicing, a lot of learning. I mean, first thing I had to learn how to stop on the rollerblades and no. I just was going to say, not to interrupt your story, however, later on, you and I will have a conversation about how to stop on rollerblades. That's my biggest hold up. Carry on. Oh, it's a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, and I was one of the older people on the team. Everybody else is in their 20s. I'm like, you know, 
41 years old and I'm out right, I'm doing it. I'm out here doing it. Um, and it was hard to, to raise the $1,500 because I had to start asking people for money. Yeah. And, and that was, that was a hard thing to do, but I did it. So the money, you know, went, went back to this child that was assigned to me and Oh, cool. it, was, so it was one child your all the money you raised went to just one child not into a, a big charity pot well it it went into the big charity thing but you each team member was associated with a child that had leukemia yeah. so I went and met with with him and his family and you know just to let them know and give them support that you know I'm raising money and and Excellent. it was just yeah it was emotional but it was it was good what a wonderful thing to do. And why did you choose rollerblading? I got a postcard in the mail that said, you know, we're forming a team to be a part of Team Leukemia and, and do this rollerblade race. And I'm thinking, I've always wanted to learn how to rollerblade. Maybe they'll teach me. <laughs> how did you teach yourself to rollerblade? Did you get somebody to assist you or you just went, I'm already quite a fit person I do Pilates and personal training and you know I'm already agile I'm just gonna jump on the rollerblades well I watched my kids I I would skate when I was a kid remember the the, the key that you'd have around your neck yes and you, okay so I I did that as a kid but rollerblades are different because there it's a single yes and and so, it's at the back not the front <laughs> right and, you know, my kids, they're having fun on theirs. And so one Mother's Day, I asked for a pair. So I went out rollerblading with the kids once or twice. And then it was like, oh, I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I ended up in the grass quite a bit to try to stop because I couldn't always do that. And then when this postcard came in, it was just like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. Okay. So that's just how it happened. I want to hear, do, I'll just share a funny story with you about my uh, attempts at teaching myself to rollerblade because I've tried a few <laughs> times, but because I've not mastered stopping at all, I keep re, like stopping and, and thinking, oh, maybe I should go back to roller skates. But when I, very first time I went, I'm buying rollerblades and I'm going to have a go. Uh, it was about, gosh, have to be at least 15 years ago. I was living in suburbia on the Gold Coast in a nice flat area and I thought, right, I'm just going to do it up and down the streets, not many people around. Anyway, I was rubbish. I thought, oh, I need something to hold on to, you know, for balance. <laughs> I, I couldn't right? get anybody to run beside me to, you know, just in case I fall, I didn't want to fall. And I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, and I went, I'm going to get one of those jogger prams. You know, you see the mums jogging and, and roller skating and whatever. Oh, the yes, the, yes. The pram, in the jogger pram. And I thought, I'm going to get one of those. So I went and hired a jogger pram. And I thought, you know, because then I can just push it along in front of right. me and I've got balance. But it didn't have any weight to it, right, because there's no baby <laughs> in there. So I filled it with bricks. I put towels in there so it wouldn't damage the stroller. And I filled it with bricks and then put a towel over the top. Anyway, I'm, I'd be skating down the street trying to, you know, get my groove going and people would walk past and they'd go, oh, baby. Oh, no, not a baby. <laughs> and then 
I was skating down the road and I lost control, lost my balance. The pram went scooching out into the middle of the road. I fell over. <laughs> I just got up, picked up the pram and took off. And then I looked over and there was a woman watering her garden and the look on her face because she thought there was a baby in that pram that just <laughs> killing across the road and I didn't even check. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> so speaking of fun times, what is it that you do for fun other than relaxing? And maybe you could tell us a little bit about where you go on the motorbike with your husband. Okay, we we go different places. A lot of times we just go up to the North Georgia mountains and have lunch or something. Um, there is one time that we we took the bike 12 hours away to go to a wedding of his cousin. Yeah. Um, he has taken a lot of trips with the guys, you know, on motorcycles and has gone out West. Yeah. And so he, he has spent a whole lot more time on the bike than I have, but I don't always stay awake because I'm so relaxed on the bike. <laughs> and the first time I fell asleep, uh, my head went forward and it hit his helmet. He's going, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> So now if that happens, he, he knows what's happening and it's not a big deal. <laughs> Debbie's napping. That's right. It's, I'm just so relaxed. You must have a very comfortable bike because in my previous years of my life, let's say, <laughs> I used to be on the back of a Harley, but it was not that comfortable that you would uh, go to sleep. It was just a tiny little seat, no sissy bar, and it was hang on or fall off. <laughs> Oh, I bet you were on a Sportster. No, it wasn't. A, there was a Sportster at one stage. What was the other one? I can't think of it now. But anyway, no, they were just more um, not meant for passengers. Oh, no, I have a backrest on mine. Yeah, no, I didn't have one. Oh, else. yeah. Yes, you've got to have these luxuries, right? Something to yeah. lean on. Perhaps a wider <laughs> seat that fits the size of your bottom. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of comfort. <laughs> definitely <laughs> so what else do you do for fun because you do appeal to me as uh somebody who really enjoys fun things I so love to have family time yeah and you know when my daughter comes in town or like this past mother's day you know we we zoomed with my daughter and my son and then my son came over because he doesn't live that far from us and and he and I went out on a hike Oh, and then no. we came back and my husband was making dinner for, for the three of us. So, you know, I just, I like spending time with the family. That is the, the biggest thing. How lovely. Where'd you go for a hike? We just went, it was just a local place where you could go walk through. What was, I forget what it was called, but there was a lot of wildlife that you could see in some of the water in the marshes and, oh. and you know, climb up to the top of the tower to look at all the different types of birds that were there. And it was just nice and relaxing. It sounds like a really lovely day. And you do sound like you have such great family time. I do. It's the most important thing there is. So tell me, Debbie, how did all your earlier career choices lead you to where you are now? What was the trail of breadcrumbs that brought you to doing being a Reiki master? I think it's just that that I care about people and I'm always in jobs where I'm helping people just to make little changes in their life. Okay. And, and I'm, 
you know, when the kids were in school, I, I volunteered in their classroom. I was, you know, the, the room mom. I would, you know, just help the school be a little bit better. And I was on PTA boards and chair people and, and all that stuff. But I've always helped people. At one point, I was a personal trainer for about 29 years. And, you know, that was helping people, showing them how to work out. And I had some people that, you know, they said, oh, I, I travel and, and, you know, I can't work out. And I said, yes, you can. Do you have a jump rope? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. what? I said, it'll fit in your suitcase. You can do it in your room. Just do five minutes. Okay. I mean, yeah. you know, so. You have your body and, with you. You can do exercise. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, but that's just, that's the way I think. Because we, we have to keep moving. Because if we stop moving, then we're going to get all tightened up and yeah so so what drove you into this field of energy work and what's motivated you to stick with it because you said you started back in 2004 yes it's just that I know that God didn't give me these gifts to just hold on to them for me I know that I'm meant to share these with other people and to connect with other people that I can help. Um, A lot of times I will have people contact me after they've had a session and say, you know, I had a really stressful day yesterday, but it didn't bother me like it did before. Yes. You know, because their head's in a different place. And it could be that I use some emotion code on them, which is another energy modality to release trapped emotions in the body. Yeah. So we've gotten rid of that fear. We've gotten rid of that worry or that doubt or the sadness or the sorrow. You know, it just, it helps because then it, it lightens, lightens you up. Yeah. And you can look at everything differently. Look through life through a different lens, isn't it? It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's like if you've got filters on your camera and if you've been in a state of grieving or sadness or whatever it is and then somebody like yourself helps to move that lens and it becomes a clearer picture wiping the windows yeah it does and then all of a sudden it's like I used to want to eat that donut for breakfast and I I don't feel like that anymore yeah you know because I want to take better care of myself Exactly. And I want to go out for a walk and I want to not argue with my partner and I don't want to be cranky in traffic and I don't want to be, you know, I I take the stress at work with a different perspective. Right. Yeah. So that's wonderful. So thank you so much for sharing everything. Where can people find you if they want to know more about your business and, you know, obviously how you can help them? So where can people connect with you, Debbie? I think the easiest thing is just to go to debbiebarker.com. I have all my contact information in there. There's information about the three things to do to get the most out of your session. There's information on how the remote session works. You can sign up for a, a, you know, a free 15-minute conversation with me to get your questions answered to see, am I a good fit for you? Are you, are you comfortable with me? So you know, that's important too. I want somebody to be comfortable and I want them to be able to ask me any question they want. 
Wonderful. And you are very approachable. You're just the nicest person I've met in a long time. Not that everybody <laughs> that I've met isn't lovely. <laughs> so thanks for coming on the show today, Debbie. It's been such a great pleasure to talk with you. And thank you to everyone who's watching for joining us today. It's always so hard to say goodbye. So please make sure that you subscribe to the channel and leave us a comment below and just let us know what you found valuable about our conversation today and how it's helping you to overcome an obstacle that you're currently facing. So thanks again, everybody. Debbie's uh, contact details will be at the end. And that's it for today's show. So bye for now, everyone. Bye.